All right, leaders, welcome to our new format for training. As we've grown larger, I've found that it's very difficult to get everyone into the same room, especially with the amount of things that we are going to want to cover. My goal is to get you between an 8 and 15 minute podcast every couple of weeks. My goal is that you can listen to this when you're at the gym, on your way to work, or whatever way that you can listen to it that is actually not a big interference to your life. And then I'll be posting some questions for you to answer and have people chime in. It is incredibly important for me that everyone jumps in on this. So please, as you're able to listen, catch up, ask questions. Uh, This year, we are taking such a big focus on connecting caring adults to students. And it's so important to me that we're all on the same page. I think we can all agree that what we do matters, what we do is important, Uh, but in case we can't, uh, let me just point out a few things that are really important to me. Uh, One, um, we reach students who nobody else does. Uh, Actually, further than that, you all reach students that nobody else does. Um, I do as well. But we all have different students who move towards us. And the amazing thing for those of us who have been in this for a long time is there are relationships that I have in my mid-30s with students that started 10 years ago. Um, I just did the wedding for Bethany Morris, who comes from a great family, comes from a loving home, uh, and had some struggles in high school. Um, She was loved, she was cared for, and we're her home. Uh, not just our church, but our youth group. Uh, Guys, that's what we get to be a part of. We get to play a long game relationship with students. Uh, So today I want to dive into kind of the beginning, the intro philosophy behind what we do. And we're going to cover four things as quick as we can. Uh, These four things are core to everything we do. If you ever question what I'm doing from the stage or what Chris is doing from the stage, it probably relates back to one of these four things. Uh, They are... We play for long-term results. We are not the heroes. Parents are the most important participants, and we don't need all the answers. Let's jump into them. We play for long-term results. This, by the way, I think is what separates us from a lot of ministries that I visit with. When I talk about this concept of looking at students as a five- to seven-year relationship instead of year-to-year, people kind of look at me like I'm crazy. Mark DeVries, in his book, Sustainable Youth Ministry, which is a book that I make all of my staff read, talks about two ways to build wealth in America, investment and gambling. Gambling can work, but it can also fail. But the allure is that it's quick. Uh, who here wouldn't love to take $3 and turn it into $300 million? It's kind of the dream. Uh, but I think we all know, statistically, uh, you're more likely to I don't know, let me make something up. Be struck by lightning 14 times on your way home, then win that. That's probably not true, but it's close. Generally, investment does work, but the issue is that it's slow. Who wants to gain 7% a year when you could be gaining 28,000% all at once? However, investment does work. If we look at students as a lifetime of discipleship rather than a week-to-week project, then, and we're willing to invest in and build that relationship and help it grow rather than try to gimmick and win every week 
we'll see a better result. In terms of baseball, we don't need to aim for a home run every time we're with students. We're playing for the long game. We're playing for RBIs. We're actually more successful. In fact, ministry in general is more successful when you look at it as a long-term discipleship process. Part of this that is difficult is we earn the right to be heard. Um, Students don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. What's tough about that is not all student relationships with you are created equal. Earning the right to be heard can literally take a week with some students and a lifetime with others. I was recently quite humbled by a student who I've known for 10 years who refuses to meet with me, refuses to connect with me, and honestly has a huge issue with me, but he loves Tim, our worship intern. Uh, Tim has been here for 15 months and has no trouble connecting with a student. I don't know that I will before the student graduates. That's how it is, and that's okay. Uh, Because of that, I don't really have the right to speak heavily into the student's life. Um, I can try. I don't think they'll listen. Tim has a lot more authority there than I do. The other part of this that's really important, doubt is not only acceptable, it's encouraged, and when coupled with the last thing, will actually help you earn the right to be heard. This may sound odd, but a crisis of faith is a good thing when we have them with us. We get a chance to talk through it, explain that it's normal, and help answer questions. We don't have to be in a rush to cure their doubt, to give all the answers, to point them back to Jesus. If we're there building a relationship and being there for questions, and honestly, not even giving answers, but helping them discuss it, we will generally see students pointed back to Christ. Uh, And and later I'm going to talk about a guy named David Kinnaman, but just know, statistically, allowing students to have a crisis of faith and talking through their doubts rather than giving answers has a higher chance of seeing a lifelong relationship with Christ. All right, guys, we play for long-term results. Second, uh, we are not the heroes. This is the biggest issue I see in most pastors, not just youth pastors, not just youth workers, most people who pastor, is you'll hear lines like this. I baptized them. I saved them. I led them to God, which are all probably true statements. But when it becomes about you and you put yourself on a pedestal for students to look up to, uh, the thing is, I've met all of you. Um, You're not perfect and you fall. And when you do, you cause more damage than good. But if you walk in very clear that you're not perfect and you're not there to save them, but you're merely there to point them to a loving God, it takes a lot of pressure off of you and makes for a healthier mentoring relationship. Now when you fall, when you mess up, when you struggle, you're just human. You're a person in need of God as well. And although there's still probably damage on the way down, it's completely different. You didn't put yourself in place of Christ. You just put yourself as a fellow sojourner walking alongside them, and that is powerful. It takes a lot of pressure off. It's important to remember that in a lot of ways, you're more like an EMT than a doctor. It's important to know your boundaries and know your job. See, when an EMT shows up to an accident or something 
they don't immediately get on the side of the road and say, let's perform open heart surgery. Their job is to triage, stabilize, and get that person to a doctor who has the qualifications, the ability, the training to take it further. Really important here, and I hope you hear this, in this analogy of the EMT and the doctor, um, you guys are not the EMTs and I'm the doctor. Um, You guys are the EMTs and so am I. We're all pointing towards the doctor who is Christ. Um, It's not our job to perform open-heart surgery on the side of the road, which, by the way, is a great analogy. I'm going to turn that into a sermon. Because we're not the heroes, because we're playing the long game, we're also going to be doing everything we can to point them to parents. Which brings us to our third point. Um, Parents are participants, and in fact, they're probably the most important participants in our ministry. Realistically, it is more important to build relationships with and disciple parents than it is to disciple students. Jim Burns, the author of Partnering with Parents in Youth Ministry, says it this way. Long after students stop attending youth groups, they are still connected to their families. My experience with youth ministry is that generally five years after kids graduate, I still have a deep connection with probably less than 10% of the the ones that I was discipling. Their parents, hopefully, still have a connection with all of them. So be thinking to yourself, how can I do this alongside parents for a lifetime relationship? It's a better way to do it. Quick caveat here, which is important. Not every parent's going to want to partner with you. Not every parent's going to like you. Not every parent's going to like what you're doing. Uh, I am a product of a family who didn't go to church and didn't get what I was doing. So partnering with parents does not always work, but it almost always works. Finally, the fourth piece here, you don't need all the answers. Students will benefit more from you responding with, I'm not sure, than you making up an answer. When students know that you're human, it changes the way they approach you. In my third book reference of the day, uh, David Kinneman wrote a book called You Lost Me. He talks about the exodus of college and teenage students from the church. And while this is a multifaceted issue, one of the reasons that Kinneman talks about is when students come with deep questions that they're struggling with, that they're not sure that they can't relate to a loving God, and a person in the church gives them a Bible answer and then walks away. Hey, how could a loving God let bad things happen to good people? Eh, go read Genesis 3. People messed up. While technically true, it situationally was the worst answer to give. Uh, these questions that students ask, they generally come from a deeper place. So a dialogue, a being willing to, being willing to say, I don't know, being willing to ask questions or walk with students has a much better result long-term than just giving answers or making it up. Hey guys, we have two wins that we've been talking about, and these are the two wins I'm going to say every time I remember. The first is our short-term goal. We win every time a student takes a walk, takes a step in faith. Whether that's moving towards God, moving towards believers, uh, moving towards their own faith, moving towards study, moving towards making God a priority in their life, we win when that happens. And the second Now, we win when 70 to 80% of our students who graduate here while on a faith journey are walking in faith five years later. So in everything you do, be pointing to those two goals. I'm excited for the team we have, and I can't wait to continue this journey with you. Thank you all for what you do. 
Um, we couldn't do this without you, and we wouldn't want to. Um, I listed three books today. If you want to check out any of them, they're amazing. Uh, Sustainable Youth Ministry by Mark DeVries. Uh, Partnering with Parents in Youth Ministry by Jim Burns. And You Lost Me by David Kinnaman. All phenomenal books. Hey guys, I'll see you in two weeks as we jump into part two of this talk on environment and expectation and what it looks like uh, that we don't treat kids equally. Thanks, guys.